Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Roundtable Podcast, where we interview experts who tackle the tough topics and share strategies and techniques that will help you start, build, and grow your real estate investing business. And now your host, Rob the House Guy. Hey everybody, welcome to REI Roundtable. I'm your host, Rob the House Guy. And as I said last week, we had to stop our bi-weekly normal roundtable discussions like we have been having, and we're moving them to every week, just like Greg Clement likes to say, until things get back to normal. But don't worry, because we're going to be bringing you listeners information and knowledge that need to be brought to you during these unprecedented times. But we're going to continue to bring you these episodes, but now they're going to be webinars, and these webinars are going to have tons of information on that Greg's bringing you either with one of his guests or like today's show with two individual standalones. Today, we have a couple powerhouses on there. We have Jason Medley from Collective Genius, which is a group of all the top minds in the real estate industry. They get together quarterly and see where the market's going and how to profit from it. And we also have RealFlow's co-owner on here, Don Fowler. So without further ado, let's get right to it and go listen to this webinar. So I got my good friend Jason on the call, and I want to introduce him in just a second. A um, couple things, just a couple quick housekeeping items. Uh, so yesterday, we had over 3,000 people on the call, totally broke. A lot of you guys got locked out. Uh, so we recorded that call. It's going to be on InvestorShift, S-H-I-F-T, dot com, right after this call. So you can watch this call and then go straight on to InvestorShift.com. On the bottom right-hand side, you're going to have a YouTube video of our call yesterday and it was awesome for sure. Uh, so one update from that call yesterday, the Paycheck Protection Program application, it was released last night. So we have a link up there, it's under the featured articles on investorshift.com. Just click that, you got a little write up and then a link directly to the application. And as a reminder, first come, first serve. So go do that right away, get in line with your bank right away. Uh, the other thing on InvestorShift uh, is where you're going to be able to register for all these calls Wednesday at 3 o'clock. So they're always Wednesday at 3, and the registration link will update weekly. So later today or tomorrow, probably later today, though, the new call for next week will be up there, and it's with John Heyer and Jeff Watson. So John is a CPA and uh, an attorney, so a tax attorney, and it's going to be a great call they're gonna talk about everything that you need to be doing right now. Uh, so th the other thing really, you should be trying to go to investorshift.com in the evening. So during the workday, we update it every day. Every Monday through Friday, we update that site with new articles, new content that's designed specifically for you as a real estate investor. So I highly recommend that you go take a look at that in the evenings. So Jason, how you doing mm. brother? I'm excellent brother, I'm ready to rock it, let's get it. Uh, all right, awesome. So, so Jason, he's been an investor for almost 20 years. I've personally known him for over 10 years. Uh, proud to call him a friend, uh, mentor, just a great, great dude. He's brilliant. But I'll tell you what, his his real brilliance comes from the group that he runs, and I know he's going to talk about that a little today. But real quick, before we even go into that, investor shift and and these calls, man, they're content, right? So we're going to give you content, content, content. But I definitely want to let Jason describe his group 
because it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. It's called Collective Genius. There's over 140 real estate investors in that group. Uh, and actually, I'm part of it. Uh, so I'm really proud to be a part of it. It's an honor to be in that group because what happens is nice. you get into these little groups. Yeah, don't, don't get too big of a head, Jason. So uh, I, I said thank you with humility. <laughs> so, so you get into these groups and everybody stands up uh, for 15, 20 minutes and they just give their best stuff, right? Just what's working best for them in their market right then and there. And it's like the definition of the abundance mentality. And that's what Jason has. So what he's gonna do today, he's gonna basically synthesize everything that he sees from all of his big time members and then all, also the small investors. So, so Jason, I, uh, one thing I definitely wanna mention before we get started is, We've got a really wide gamut of people on the call today. So we've got investors that yes. are brand new, man, brand new. They just got their education. They're just getting started. And then this COVID-19 thing happens. So yeah, really want yeah. to give those guys some advice. And then also uh, our really experienced investors. We've got people sure. on here that, you know, uh, just 100 plus deals every year. Uh, but I, I would say one thing that's probably a common thread with most, I'd say 80, 90%, they're all residential mm -hmm. uh, uh, redevelopers, right? So sure, all re sure. residential investors. So so Jason, with that, let's let's get started. I know we've got some technical sure. difficulties. Do you think we can get this deck up or or what? Here's, here's what I want. Let me set the frame first and then we'll kind of go and see if we can get the deck up, okay? I think it, I think it would make, it'll make a lot more sense. It'll resonate with everybody can get the deck up. If we can't, We'll work with what we got to work with, right? We'll control what we control and we'll let go of what we can't. So, which is a really good attitude to have right now, by the way. Um, so let's get rocking and rolling uh, here. First of all, I want to ask for a little bit of grace. Uh, I am, uh, the Collective Genius is comprised of, of, of pretty uh, high, fairly high volume flippers and apartment guys. And so I'm used to, my daily life is consumed with speaking to folks who have been in the game for a while and who are playing at that level. And so Don, I'm going to ask if you can, if I'm not addressing the full gamut of everybody from new to highly experienced, just rein me back in a little bit, if you will, I would appreciate it. Cool. No problem. No problem. All right. So um, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, and we'll make this short and sweet because this calls about you, myself and Don are here to serve you guys. I want to make sure that you understand that, but at the same time, it might be helpful to have a little bit of uh, understanding of my background, if you will. So um, I currently run the Collective Genius uh, Real Estate Investing Mastermind. And what we are is we're effectively a group of about 140 investors from across the country that collectively flip north of 20,000 plus properties. OK, so we have some pretty big players inside of there. And we also have what we would consider service providers as well. Strategic partners, if you will, like Don and, and, and Greg at RealFlow. Uh, in addition to our, our core kind of investor client, right? And so effectively what we have is that we create a board of directors, if you will, where every quarter we get together and everybody shares their systems, their strategies, um, their processes, uh, their marketing idea. They, they share everything with each other, okay, in a board of director style format, and then they share their problems. And so like, you know, an example of that might be, you know, someone like a gentleman in our group, Mark Delatour, who has bought a hundred plus homes at auction year after year after year. And then when the auction got hyper competitive and margins got compressed, he's like, okay, I need to build, I need to build a seller direct marketing organization because the auction is no longer serving me or enabling me to, to drive my business forward. And so when he suggests his challenges, then we match 
our members with other high caliber folks, say like a, a Mike Osborne, who's sending 200,000 postcards a month and say, Mike, we need you to help Mark. And our culture is really driven around a, a couple of core values, one being community, which means in community and go-giving. And that go-giving environment means that those two people will actually sit down, get on a call, help each other and walk each other through their challenges. And so that's kind of the information component of it. And then there's a ton of deal flow. There's guys in our and gals in our group that they buy houses, sell houses, lend money, borrow money with each other. They do projects together, invest in syndications and, and all that kind of good stuff. So um, the information I'm going to share with you today is going to be a little bit geared towards uh, a more established longer term investor like myself. I'm almost 48 years old. I've seen what we're looking at this whole coronavirus three. This is my third time as far as the black swan event. So you've got someone who's going to be speaking to you from an experience perspective. And then I'm going to ask Don to rein me back in here a little bit if I'm if I'm just talking up here, because the relative to the size of your business, some of this advice is going to make sense and some of it is not. OK, we're going to do our best. Don's going to keep me in between the uh, in between the lines. OK, in the rails. so the way that I want to kind of break down today is uh, kind of three, three different components. How do you prepare? How do you position and how do you prosper? OK, and we're going to have to do both. All right. So the first thing that from a preparation standpoint, the first thing that I want you to understand and embrace. OK. First thing I want you to understand and embrace is that you have to prepare. <laughs> We're going to talk about preparing now that it's happened, but the real preparation, okay, the real preparation takes place before it happens, okay? And that starts with accepting the fact that about every 10 years, it's going to happen, okay? I'm 48 years old. I've seen the coronavirus. I've seen 2008 and the financial, or, you know, financial markets collapse. I've seen 9-11. All of them were unexpected, right? Oh, I didn't know we were going to get a coronavirus. Well, nobody thought that terrorists were going to fly, fly planes into buildings in New York. Nobody, like you've got to operate your business from the perspective of learning to expect the unexpected, right? And the principles I want to share with you, this is the type of stuff. I hope, I hope Don, that we kind of start here and then we end here to put bookends on it, right? Okay. Because for, for some of you, you either haven't been in the business long enough or it might be if you haven't done the pre-preparation, it might be a little too late. and We've got to adjust adjust with what we're working with and dealing with right now. OK, but pre-preparation is truly understanding that scaling. A lot of people scale their businesses and they get bigger and bigger as a function of sales and marketing. OK, but scaling and, and I have a small business, but it's extremely sturdy, extremely strong versus real flow, which is a much larger company. But my point is, regardless of the size, the, the template should be the same in that growing is typically a, a, a function in most people's minds of sales and marketing. But for every step or every building you or every level you take the skyscraper higher, you should be digging a little bit deeper from a foundational perspective. And that consists of paying attention to the other legs of the business. OK, and the other legs of the business are operations. Um, and, and financing, your, fi your finance, financial picture and financial structure, right? Those things are key. Systems, operations, which are kind of roll up under the same, if you will, and then financial structure and disciplines, all right? So preparing for this, pre-preparing is number one, accepting the fact that the best offense has got to have a little defense, okay? 
So if all you're doing is scaling in, getting bigger and spending all of your profit to scale, okay, you can end up in a situation where if the musical chairs stop like they do now, even though your business was growing and it was on fire, you don't have any liquidity and you have to go home. Okay. Nobody wants to go home. All right. So how do you avoid that? This is the, this is right now we're preparing, but here's how you prepare before it happens. Okay. A lot of, go ahead. One quick thing, you know, and Jason, you were talking about this a year ago. So um, two, two and a half. Two and a half. So I've known it for more than a year, a little over a year. That's, so. that's when you joined. <laughs> yeah. It was so started Jason, before that. Been preaching this, this, what you're going to get right now for a long time, apparently longer than yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, you've been in CG for about a year and I've been banging this drum for about two and a half years. And here's what I want to explain to people why, right? Like I got punched in the gut, in the mouth, the whole nine yards in 2008. I, lo I lost everything, right? I lost my business. I lost my marriage. I left, I lost all my stuff. Um, and you hit a point in your life where you're like, wow, like what, what did I do wrong? I don't want that to happen again. And I learned a very, very simple financial structure, right? And, and I almost hesitate to say this sometimes because you, you, some of you guys are going to be like, oh, that, that's why Don brought you here to tell us that, right? Um, but there's two words that most entrepreneurs ignore, okay? There's two words that most entrepreneurs ignore, and that is cash management. It's just blow and go, bigger and better, with no attention to those two words, cash management, right? So the pre-prep, which, and I say this with complete humility, what I'm about to share with you has put, has put me in a position, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not saying I don't have any worries or concerns, so please don't misunderstand that. But it's, what I'm gonna share with you guys right now has put me in a position where from a business perspective and a family perspective, family protection perspective, that right now with all this craziness going on, I don't have to worry about, okay? And that's ultimately what we all want, right? The, the, having enough money to make it through this is really just a translation for the result of having enough money and enough liquidity, which is peace of mind. That's what everybody wants right now. Everybody's thinking it's about the money. That's just the, the, res, the, the, the outcome you really want when you get the money is the peace of mind, okay? And so this is a super simple discipline and this is how you prepare. Like if this is your first time going through this, it doesn't ever have to happen to you again if you take these simple few things I'm going to share with you, right? I would encourage you to go get a book because what I'm going to share with you came from this book. It's called Profit First. And what it does is it basically gives you a simple system to follow, okay? This is really more of a discipline than anything. This ain't rocket science, all right? But basically, once you get to a certain point, I'd say to where at least your business is doing a half a million bucks, you create separate accounts, right? You create account for retained earnings for your business. Those are monies, profitability that you don't spend that carry you through times like these. You create a tax account. So you make sure you don't get, oh, I got a surprise tax bill. If you got a surprise tax bill, you weren't paying attention to your financials. And then another bucket, which is your rainy day uh, family fund, if you will. Right. It's to make sure the Fowlers and the Medleys don't get kicked out of it, no matter what happens. Right. And so then you, you then you instill a discipline in which you are routinely taking profitability and pulling it from your business and putting it into those buckets. 
and month after month and year after year, it begins to accumulate. And when something like this happens, you go, eh, really wish that hadn't happened, but we're going to be okay. Okay. I want to leave you with a phrase before we kind of get into this, the, the nuts and bolts of what's going on right now. Right. Because right now I'm kind of kind of giving you the pre prepare, if you will. Okay. Profit is not something that merely shows up on the bottom right corner of your profit and loss statement. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time because I'm actually hoping you're going to write it down. Profit is not something that merely shows up as a number on the bottom right hand corner of your profit and loss statement. It's not really profit until you ex physically extract it from the business. OK, it's like when you're at the blackjack table and you're you're winning 10 hands, your check chips are stacked up deep. And then you, you you're like, man, I start out with two chips. I got 10 chips. I'm eight chips in the profit. I'm good. And then you put all 10, 10 chips on the table and the black deal, dealer flips over blackjack. Wait a minute. I had eight, eight chips of profit. One profit. So you took them off the table. That's why I bring my wife. She always takes them off the table. Right. Right. And so. We have for two and a half years, um, Don's a great leader. Greg's a great leader. Uh, they, they have a, a great business. And, and I want to say this before we progress. It's very important. right? Now. Everybody out there right now is flapping their gums uh, on social media and this webinar and that webinar. I encourage you to pay attention to who you're who you're looking to for leadership right now. Um, I just want to encourage you to take a take. Think, think it through. Right. Um, so that is really the, the most simple of anything I'm going to tell you about is probably the most important. Okay. I, I hope that that registered, I know it's almost so simplistic. It's like, Oh, that's, that's it. That's what you do. You, you gotta take my word on this. Okay. It'll give you peace of mind the next time this happens. So, um, I'm going to be, I promised when I stepped out to lead during these times, I usually lay super low. I don't do a whole lot of webinars. I did like 10 years ago. I'm kind of quiet on social media, but I've stepped out over the last couple of weeks. And when I did that, I promised to be very raw and very truthful. Okay. Um, and so the, the way that I would look at this first is you got to prepare for this, which is really a factor of stabilization. Okay. And stabilization is I'm going to, I'm going to come at this from two levels, Don. I think, if you're an advanced business owner and you're operating off of P&L, I'm going to come at it from that perspective. And then if you're not quite to where you got a P&L, we're going to just like attack your credit card statements. Perfect. Okay. So the, the first thing that I would do is, is, is when, a, when the ship, when a lot of times you don't realize a ship has leaks in it until the waters get a little choppy and stormy. Okay. So with these stormy waters, you might realize your ship's got a few leaks in it and you got to you got to first stabilize the ship and make sure it's not leaking, not leaking water. And the way that you do that is you've got to really kind of go through an analysis of your expenses. OK, got to pay attention to things. How I get cash in the door, which is a little bit complicated right now because things are jammed up. It's hard to rehab houses. Liquidity's kind of dried up in the secondary markets. And so you got to look at how do I get cash in the door and how do I mitigate some expenses right and so from an advanced perspective um don i'm going to try and switch over i don't that's right i don't know if yeah, you can I'm tell me if we're asking to if there if there's going to be visuals here instead of looking at us two all day long so. yeah trust me I, I wouldn't want to look at either of us either i get it um hang on one second 
Yeah, bear, bear with us, everyone, just for a second. We we worked on this before the call, and some of you guys that were on at the beginning saw us playing around with this. Jason's computer was from uh, 1999, so it keeps locking up on him. Ha! I just got this thing. Um, <laughs> all right, so do we, we know can't... if the attendees can see my slide deck right now? Not yet. I can't. So I'm going to assuming the attendees. Oh, there it goes right now. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm lagging a bit. So yes, yes, yes. Everyone can see it. Awesome. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So what you're seeing right here is I want everybody to, this is, an, this is a slide that I've shared with Collective Genius. This slide is not new because in any market, a lot of times if you rode a bike as a kid, right? If you rode a bike as a kid and you changed the gears on the bike, the chain, when it was moving from one gear to the next, made that gritty, grindy sound. And you always had a little uncertainty if it was going to catch, right? And we, we've all been there and we've all ridden that bike and we've all heard that gritty, grindy sound. And you're like, man, is that is that thing going to catch? OK, that's where we're at right now. The market is shifting. The market is changing in an instant. In an instant. OK, we have gone from a a seller's market to a buyer's market. OK. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. I want to give you guys a visual on that. Now, this is what I want to share with you. The information I just gave you. The, this house is standing. Don, can you see that single house right there on the beach? I'm going to ask everyone else because yeah, I can't. I'm not sure how much lag we have. No, I'm getting a lot of no's. And if you could mm. somehow minimize that go-to webinar piece, that would be nice as well. Mm. Just, I know we played around with it before, and if you get it just halfway. Yeah, hang on here, brother. Everyone be patient with us, but uh, yeah, it's working on my side, but it's just not coming through. We got the house, we got the beach house, so yep. All right, let me get back to there then. Now we got Marcus. Uh, well, hang on, Marcus. By the way, while you're doing that, he's a great CPA as well. Uh, we may have him on the call soon. Uh, I know you're having a yeah. call with him uh, later this week, but uh, he's a great asset for sure. All right, so. I'm hoping you guys can see, I'm going to talk about it. Hopefully this slide will come up. But what I'm showing you right now is a slide of a house that is on a beach right after a hurricane and everything else around it is completely decimated and wiped off the map. And the reason that I'm sharing that with you is to kind of give you an analogy of what I was talking about earlier. This house is standing and everything else is decimated around it because the house was built to a standard prior to the storm. The house was built to a standard prior to the storm, which enabled it to withstand the storm. And the advice that I just gave you a moment ago, okay, the advice that I just gave you a moment ago is the advice that you use to prepare and to build your financial stability before the storm. So when the storm comes, you have the house on the beach that looks like that and everything else around it is gone. OK, so that's what happens when you prepare, when you build the house the right way, when you build your business the right way, when you build the protection around your family the right way. Times like these, it's every, everything's going to be OK. All right. So here's here's the thing. Right. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is that we have been um, Don, Can you see my slides? We can. Yep. OK, great. You see David Phelps? Not yet, but I'm sure I will soon. <laughs> OK. Um, 
So the reason that I'm showing you this slide is to show you that this is all the way back from 2018. And I've been trying to prepare my organization, my community, and my members for this moment. And we kind of gave it three phases. And we're going to discuss those three phases today, which are prepare, position, and prosper. All right. We've had a lot of themes around optimizing your business. Everyone looks and thinks that their business is better if it's bigger. The reality is sometimes smaller businesses that are highly efficient and super lean can be more profitable than, you know, someone flipping 50 houses can be more profitable than someone flipping 100 houses because the person flipping 100 houses or 50 houses knows how to run a business, right? And there's a difference. So, we have been we've run our members just like Don through financial stress tests. We've had conversations around, you know, what to do when your P&L is in the red and the green, but your bank accounts in the red. Right. That can happen. You can have a, a positive P&L, but yet no money, no liquidity in the bank. OK. And. We have gone through a, a situation where we run through a, a financial scorecard. OK, which I'm hoping you guys can see on the screen. Um, that really assesses what is your cash position, what's your cash flow, where are you at from an asset perspective, how profitable is your business, are you carrying too much debt, do you have a wealth strategy? And so you want to get to where you're thinking about this routinely. If, if you're if you're further down the road, if you're established, this is something you can do. Whereas if you're new, you know you just need to get your business cranking. You need to go all in on getting your you know getting your business cranking. So. Um, my point is, is that you, you should find leadership in some way, shape or form that is, is constantly reminding you and holding you to the fire about not just growing a business, but growing a financially sound business. OK, so the, what we talked about earlier was cash management. Right. And things things can get complicated. You got funds coming in from raising capital. You got funds going out for paying off chunks of debt service on deals or your rental portfolio. You got rehab projects going on and they got, a, you know, a thousand line items on the scope of work and ex expenses and receipts flying around everywhere. Um, you are, you know, you're hiring talent and it takes them six months to get up and running. Um, and then, you know, like it's difficult sometimes to know what what what's your money and what's not right so the thing that i want to share with you is cash management shifts from glancing at your bank account every now and then like the bank account profit and loss statement to really getting a dialed in pnl which allows you to forecast your performance right this if, if you want to elevate to the next level this is a necessary skill set if you if you have a business with that does at least a half a million dollars a year and you're not running off pnl uh, it's it's on the verge of irresponsible, right? But it's also something you just need to know, right? Like I, I had a bigger business than a half a million bucks before I started using, a, you know, really using a PL. So, bottom line is things can get hairy with all the money flying around. And if you don't if you don't have cash management play, in place, it's difficult to know what is mine and what is not. Okay, and the way that you do that, I'm going to go over this system that I share with you. Is you create these accounts. Can you see my slide, Don, with a picture of my uh, different accounts. Yes. Okay, good. So again, gang, I'm, we're going to get into the meat of this in a second, but this is the most important thing I'm telling you. If you don't ever want to have this concern again, this part of their presentation is, is the, is the money. You got a cash flow account, which you need to run and operate your business. You have a separate investing slash retains earnings account. You've obviously got your personal checking account, tax and short-term investments and liquid cash hands off. 
That's the family. That's the don't let the Fowlers and the Medleys get kicked out of their house if the coronavirus comes. And we right. So you want to constantly create a discipline, whether it's taking a piece of profit off every house or looking at your P&L or a piece of profit off every widget and extracting it out into those accounts so you can create a stable business and a stable family life when times like these happen. Okay. Um, that's short and sweet. I'll be glad to answer any questions, but for the sake of that, I'm going to move forward. Um, well, this, this is about taking money off the table, right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, when you're sitting at the blackjack table, the guy next to you, he started out with two chips. You started out with two chips. He's got 10 and he's just pushing all in. But you took five of yours and you put them in your pocket and you're only playing with five now. And then when the dealer blackjacks both of you, she took okay. all of his and half of yours. You still got half left. The COVID, if you will, the coronavirus would be the blackjack. But as long as you're sitting at the table and you're putting some of your winnings aside, you're taking chips off the table, you can come back and play another day. If you were all in all the time, scaling out of your profitability, using all your profit to finance the growth of your business without ever tucking anything away and being smart, you're going home. That your night's over. You don't get to come back and play until you get some more money. Does that make, does that, am I doing an okay job of explaining that, Don? No, that makes perfect sense. And it's perfect sense because I know this COVID is not exactly like 9-11 or 2007-8, but it has readjusted the market in a similar fashion. It really doesn't need to be, to me, it doesn't really need to be labeled by the disaster type. Right. We never had anybody fly into the buildings. We, we never had a financial meltdown like that. We never had a pandemic. It's always going to come. I would almost strip those descriptions out and say at certain points in the economy, every 10 years, something's going to happen that could drastically impact your ability to make money, at least for a window of time. Right. Here, here's another big takeaway. This is again, this is some wisdom from the old, old guys here in their 40s. Between every expansion and every potential risk, there's money. There's a ton of money to be made in real estate during an expansion. There's a ton of money to be made in real estate during a recession. In between those, in between every expansion and every potential recession, there's a gap, what I call the gap. Okay. And during that gap, things just slow down, right? Like right now, liquidity for rehabs and rentals has kind of dried up and it's hard to buy the house because you can't get you know, like, you know, you don't want to catch the, you've got trying to figure out how to buy it virtually. Some sellers don't want you to come to their house. So it's just slowing everything down, right? The gears get a little locked up. And so regardless of what caused it, the outcome or your, which is your ability to make money, if that gets compromised, you've got to be able to survive the gap between an expansion and a recession. If you survive the gap, you make money on both sides. Does that make sense, Don? It makes perfect sense. So Okay, cool. Um, so one of the things I just want to share real quickly is, is our mission statement is not just about helping our members grow, but it's about protecting their businesses, right? It is your responsibility to protect your business and protect your family. And if you don't pay attention to the financial aspect of the business, if it's just sales and marketing, sales and marketing, sales and marketing, sales and marketing, it's, it's, it's a, it's, after a while, it becomes a house of cards, okay? So I want to encourage everybody, like right now, if you're on this call, if you've taken the time out to grow and to be on this call in the middle of the day, um, you're probably a leader. And I want to encourage everyone to go out and lead right now. 
okay? This is when leaders lead. When things get choppy, I mean, anybody can captain the ship in calm waters. And I just want to remind you guys that when you get off of here that it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to lead. And people are looking for leaders right now. Leaders will grow through this, okay? They'll have access to the talent that the, everyone else had to let go. They'll have relationships that people couldn't form because they decided to step out and lead. So here's, here's what I want to do. I want to break down how to prepare for the next 90 to 120 days. And I want to break it down into four sections, okay? Um, there's cash and liquidity management. There's cost management, right? Expense management. There's communication. And then there's effectively business planning, right? That's more of the, the prosper side of it. So from a, a cash and liquidity management perspective, you got to figure out a couple of things, okay? Because th this is this is critical. One more takeaway I want to give to everybody is you, you, you have to understand the difference between money and liquidity, all right? If you've got 40 rehabs on the street that you're working on right now and you've got 30 grand in each of them yourself personally, you're like, oh, I got $1.2 million. Well, right now, if the markets freeze up, you might have money. It's all tied up in the houses. But if you don't have money in the bank, then you don't have any liquidity. So I want to make sure that everyone understands that right now, liquidity, cash, okay, one and the same are absolutely critical. So I'm going to I'm going to blitz through a couple of things, a couple of ways to create cash and liquidity. Um, if you can extend your payables, let me give you an example. Um, a lot of guys in our group, they're shut down. They can't rehab their municipalities or, or close, which means they can't, can't close loans or can't close deals or get them recorded. So you might call up your landlord and say, listen, things are going to be tough over the next 90 days. I'm not trying to get out of paying you what I owe you, but is it okay if we take the next 90 days, which if my rent is three grand a month, that's $9,000. And then in three months, I've still got 27 months left on my lease. Can we spread that nine months over the 27 remaining months so I can manage my cash right now? Okay, that's only one example. You can do that with all kinds of payables that you have. All right. Um, perfect example for me right now. There are people who uh, joined the Collective Genius just last two weeks. We had three weeks. We had a meeting and I told them, listen, I want to meet you where you're at. I know you wrote me a, a check for full membership. Why don't we do this? Why don't we break it out over three months? Because cash today is different than it was cash three weeks ago. And I want to help you manage it. Right. So whether it's just make a list of your expenses. OK. And figure out where you have the opportunity to extend payables. OK. If you have lines of credit. Right. This is, if, you know, if you've got lines of credit on your business, I would consider taking those lines of credit and putting them in the bank because it's a cheap insurance policy. All right. Super cheap insurance policy. Typically, lines of credit are tied to the prime rate in some sort. They're very low rates. A lot of times they're interest only. So it's a way for you to have access to cash and, and, and have a very small payment associated with accessing that liquidity. And it may help you make it through uh, the next 90 to 120 days if you need that. You might not. Right. Um, you may look you may have a situation where ex examine your, your business. Where are opportunities that your lenders can defer principal payments, right? So let me give you an, an example. Um, if, if lenders, let's say that you've got a rental portfolio of single family homes and you've got loans on each of those homes, okay? Right now, if a lot of your renters lose their job, they're not paying rent, which means how, how are you gonna be able to pay your mortgages, okay? And so the point there is, can you get 
your mortgage holders to flex with you while this is working out. So you, you really want to attack um, payables if you, you, know, you want to attack your payables and see if you can accelerate your receivables. All right. Um, so let's see. Let's see. Um, this is this is a fairly advanced um, sh structure. If you're running a you know a decent sized business, you want to build a daily and weekly dashboard of revenue and cash. You've got to know. This goes back to what we were first talking about. You got to know what's yours and what's not. And you got to know how to manage it. Okay. And you need to have a dashboard. If 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 you have a decent accountant, my my response. I did this with my CPA, Marcus Grigler, who. Um, uh, Don was talking about a minute ago. We're doing a call about the CARES Act tomorrow. I got on the call with him. It was uh, last Monday, about, a, I don't know, eight, nine days ago. It was like at six o'clock and you got on the call and we went through and, and kind of created a dashboard, if you will. OK, um, here's another thing. Here, here's 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 something that I would I would suggest everyone does. Um, let's cover this in, in two formats. If you have a P&L and if you don't. OK. Good. If you don't have a PL, get out your phone. Okay. Open up your credit card app in which you put your household and business. You maybe you have separate cards, but bottom line, open up your app that you use to manage your expenses via or your, your, that you have credit cards, right? Start flicking and start chopping. Um, that's about as easy, the easiest way as I can put it. You will find that you have things that you can do without until this kind of uncertainty stabilizes, okay? Everybody, I don't care if you're making 50 grand a year or 50 million, you can go through this exercise, okay? Now, if you have a little bit more of an advanced business, I would suggest, um, Don, I'm gonna try and change decks real quick. This should be really simple. Oh boy. It's gonna be easy, just relax. Hey, while you're doing that, uh, one, one thing that we've been talking about over the last week and a half is uh, people over profits and talking to your renters, being proactive with your renters, working with them, giving them half off rent for the next four, four months. It's what Greg and Jeff have been talking about and getting, uh, keeping your renters whole so that after this, you have a solid renter afterwards. And uh, so I, that, that dovetails in nicely with what you were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah, um, let me make sure that can you see my my screen hang on one second you got all the good see. stuff marked out yeah i didn't i don't want to violate anybody's uh <laughs> just kidding all right so you but you can hang on one second you can see that now the p l yes okay good um, so what you're seeing here is if, you, if you're running a, again, a little bit, uh, if you're more, a little bit more established from the business perspective, you should go into your P&L and you should take your expense section, okay, and you should cut and paste that expense section into a new tab in that spreadsheet or that Google sheet, okay, and then you want to force rank that. I know this is difficult to see. I had to respect my members' privacy here because um, this is what we're doing right now you see these 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 zoom calls are our members that's what we're doing right now um so you want to go in and once you cut and paste your expenses i want you to force rank them from highest to lowest okay and once you do that you need to look at those line items that you force rank from highest to lowest and then you need to figure out you need to think through when or, or what you can cut where can you save money 
All right. And then here's here's what I would do. Once you've once you've kind of established what that looks like, what I would encourage you to do, this is actually um, this is actually a bucket system. Okay, you want to have, and I'll black this out, um, bucket one, bucket two, and bucket three. And what bucket one is, is if you look at and you say next month, if I make less than X amount of dollars, I need to start, I need to cut this, I need to remove that, et cetera. Bucket two is if in May, I make X, less than X amount of dollars, I need to turn this system off or that product off, or I may have to let some staff go. And bucket three is if in June, we make less than X amount of dollars, I've got to, you know, you want to you, you want to take the data that sorting your P&L from top to bottom gave you. And you, you don't want to just sort your P&L, unfortunately. And I know this sounds tough, but here's the thing. You want to make hard decisions while you're logical. Right now, we're at a phase where everybody's still logical. If this, if I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball. If this thing gets harder in the next couple months, uh, more difficult to run our businesses, we're going to get emotional. You don't want to do this exercise that I'm walking you through right now when you're emotional. Do it right now when you are rational and logical. Okay, create your buckets. Like I'm in a position right now, I don't have to, I don't have to let employees go. I'm not really cutting expenses, right? But I have a plan. This is actually a, a my PL right here, the possible cuts and the buckets that you're looking at. Okay. And I, if you look in the top right hand corner, if I had to cut down to the bone, I feel like I could shave $523,000 off of my expenses each year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be that's 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 bucket three, right? Those are those are. Uh, ugly hard decisions what's that apocalyptic yeah yeah and and and, you know like i said this is the preparing now versus waiting till it happens right there was the pre-preparation of cash management and practicing profit first now we've gotten into the challenge of this virus and now this is pre-preparation you you don't Wayne Gretzky, I'm not a big hockey fan, but he always said something that intrigued me. The reason I'm great is what Wayne Gretzky said. The reason I'm great is because I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck's going. Okay. All I'm trying to do right now is help everyone understand that you've got to be looking where the puck might potentially go versus where it is right now. Okay. And that's all I'm trying to do is to show you this exercise. Don will tell you, I I am a optimist, 100%. I'm a bull. I get up every day and charge. But you've got to have some realistic or or reality tied to that optimism in order to continue to to make it through this and to thrive on the other side. Because there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity to serve people and to grow our businesses. All right. So um, once you do that. I agree. Jason, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Is there a way that we can, you can send me one of these that's distilled that takes out all the, uh, the details from your customers so somebody can have a template that they can use for their business? Is that possible? Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to run it all the way down, like actually envisioning them getting this, because if, if you have a PL, you've already got it. And if you don't, doing this is almost futile. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll send you a blank one. I I just, I'll be glad to send you a blank one, Don, that you can distribute. I just don't know that it would be of value because if you got a P and L, you've already got it. 
If you don't, trying to put it together, I, I would suggest if you don't have a piano, I'd just, again, open your credit card app and, and start chopping. No problem. We got a lot of questions coming through asking for uh, for, for those details. But I, okay. I think that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I'll get it to you, uh, and if uh, hopefully, hopefully, folks will find value of, uh, out of it. Okay. Um, so the other thing that you're gonna that you should do, and again, it's relative to the size of your business, is you may want to consider uh, a force rank exercise where you, you have to take a, a hard look at your employees and understand who's essential and who's not. Um, and that and that's uh, by no means encouraging. The last thing I want to see is is anybody lose their job. But there's a lot of people that already have because that's that's at least right now, that's where we're at. Um, and keep in mind, there are some businesses that are thriving right now, right? Like the, the software we're using to show this webinar, I'm sure their business has exploded. Zoom, same way, their business. So it's all relative, okay? But at the end of the day, whether you use a sophisticated, you know, format like this force rank exercise, or you just think to yourself in your head, who are the employees that no matter what happens, I got to keep? And who are the ones that if things get choppy, I might have to let go. You need to know who that is. OK, and that actually filters back into the bucket system that I was just showing with showing to you, because sometimes those cuts are, are part of that bucket or part of those buckets. OK, um, the other thing that I encourage you to do is babysit your deals. I mean, you if you got deals under contract to be sold you need to be hand-holding, babysitting, shaking hands, kissing babies. You need to get them to close just to make sure uh, that that money comes in the door, okay? And again, if, if you're in San Francisco that's been on lockdown for three weeks, you got a totally different situation than somebody that's in like Columbus, Ohio, where they, they haven't gone into lockdown. It hasn't really hit Columbus. And so everything I'm saying is you gotta you gotta kind of make it relevant to to you, okay? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you off track just for one quick second, but can you do put the other side of it? We have a lot of investors right now that think this is a, a great market to buy at a discount. So I know that a lot of your members are sell sell sell, but what about the guys that are saying, hey, I, I'm actually ready to buy right now? What, what do you recommend to those people? And, and how to talk to those existing investors that may be looking to sell at a big discount right now to get liquid. Yeah, um, the thing that I would, here's the thing guys, I know that we feel like we've been dealing with this for forever. It's really been three weeks. So you say wait. I, what's that? So you say wait. I, I don't think we have enough data right now to make sound, like in, unless you look at a deal and you are like, man, this is not a double. This is not a triple. This is not a home run. It is a grand slam. I'm not telling people to wait. I'm telling you to be cautiously aggressive because I think that values over the coming months, are they're, they're going to be changing and adjusting, right? Values, values from an investment perspective are already going to take a hit because on the backside, we're having liquidity that's dried up from the Wall Street secondary markets that were funding, hey, I wanna buy a rental property. Okay, well, you can go to Lima One or Genesis or whoever and get financing. Or, hey, I wanna rehab that house. Well, you could go to those same banks for, for a loan. But they've adjusted their, their loan to values to where now you have to bring additional liquidity to the table if you're rehabbing, which you gotta bring more money to the table. Do you got it? And if you got it, 
can you get to can they get the construction done right like i was on a call earlier this morning with one of my members jim zaspel he's out of philadelphia and he's like i can get deals it's super easy to buy but it's real hard to sell and he's like i'm taking down deals but i can't get them rehabbed because like they're on lockdown they went in lockdown just recently on philly right so you've got to be cautiously aggressive right now cautiously aggressive um there's gonna be a lot of opportunity but it's kind of like we have i don't think we got enough data to like the, the best analogy that i could give you is is like and you hear the term it's a jungle out there so imagine you're a tiger in the jungle what does the tiger do when it sees a good deal it pounces right but almost every tiger before it pounces it gets down low you've seen them right the tiger gets down low and it moves forward it's moving towards the deal but it's scanning left and it's scanning right to make sure that there's no danger right that's the best way i can describe it right now move forward I'm not telling people to stop but you need to be you need to buy deep Deep, deep, deep. Um, and quite honestly, you may not even be able to close depending upon where you're located. If you can close right now, great. You might be, you know, a lot of the coastal cities are, are kind of getting shut down. Um, but here's the thing. The biggest thing you need to do if you're going to buy is if you get a deal, but you can't close, you got to adjust your contract verbiage that protects you in a way that says, you know, different things as far as like you're, you have an inspection period that lasts all the way up to the closing date or you know you, you have 30 days to close from the moment that your um recording offices open back up or i'm not an attorney um i would suggest that you may, maybe have that looked at or or you know but you, you got to put protective verbiage in your contracts that enables you if you contract on a house today but you can't close it if it takes three months for this thing to go away, who knows what the value of that property is in three months? Good point. Okay, guys, I know a lot of this is a little bit overwhelming, but I've been around the block a few times. None of this is meant to be negative. I, I showed you a slide earlier that said one of my biggest priorities is to protect, not only help my members prosper, but to protect them. That's all I'm sharing with you right now is I try to protect them before this happened by telling them to have cash management in place and to peel monies off. And now that we're in it, I'm trying to protect them by helping them understand that if you're going to buy, you, you here, here's the deal. Buying's going to get easy. Selling's going to get harder. You need to know you've got a buyer. You need to know you got a buyer. And if it's a retail flip to an end, you know, to a homeowner, you've got to look at, I know where the puck's at. Retail sales are still happening in my marketplace, but are they going to happen? And am I capable of taking the risk to take that property down, take a loan on it, use some of my cash to do it, pay the debt service while I'm rehabbing it? Can I get construction done? And are retail buyers going to be able to actually see the house when I finish it? Maybe the answer to all of that today is yes, but if cases are increasing where you live you've got to really think through that right again i am an internal optimist this is not meant to be negative i just don't want to see people get clobbered sound Don. advice for sure yeah no sound yeah. advice for sure and like i see the news and the second wave i mean we could be dealing with this for a long time folks i i heard january of next year so um until we're really truly out of this situation Listen, so, to Jason's point, this could be a while. 
I'm not a scientist. I don't got it all figured out, but there's some basic things that make me think this is this this is going to last six months. Um, and if you look at where the majority of the U.S. population is, it's it's coastal, right? It's the Floridas, the New Yorks, the the Washingtons, the the Californias, the the borders of our country. Those are the hot spots. And usually, what starts there moves inward. And so right. you may have a, you may have a decent environment right now where real estate's happening, but will it continue to happen as the as the the damn the damn virus moves inland? You know, so. You've got to think that far in advance. You've got not just look at where the puck's at today, but where's the puck going to be in a month? Where's the puck going to be in 60 days? Difficult questions to answer, but that's how you need to be thinking right now. Okay. Um, here's one more thing that I want to tell everybody, and we're going to go back to that other deck. Um, this is what we are doing Every week, every Friday on the Collective Genius, we are getting in, digging into the current issues as this thing unfolds. I want to encourage you to do the same thing in your marketplace. Figure out who the players are. Figure out who the top agents are that sell in your zip codes. Figure out who the top wholesalers are. Figure out who the top closing attorneys are. Have a once a week or every two week mastermind right? Be the leader of that. Now's your opportunity to step up and lead, create trust, help the, the, the key players in your marketplace, make it through this challenge. When you come out the other side, okay, you are going to be looked at completely differently. You're going to be looked at as a, as a leader, okay? And I'm telling you that brain trust will help you, um, will help you through this and help you prosper on the other side. Don, I'm going back to the old deck talking about uh, bringing cash in the door. We, we good we good to do that? Let's do it. That's what we all need right now, right? So Okay. All right. So everybody's going to have a different situation here, but if you can accelerate receivables at all. So let me give you an example of what accelerating receivables might be. Okay. If you've got a house that you just contracted and you can still press forward in your marketplace. If you can wholesale that for 15, but if you rehab it, you might make 28. You really have to consider your exposure. That 15 might be better to have in your hand today and in a liquid format with minimal risk from a wholesaling standpoint than it is to potentially look at getting into rehab that takes 30, you know, three months to six months to complete and then put on the market. That's a way that's not really a receivable per se, but it's a way to accelerate bringing revenue in the door. If you've got rehabs on the market and things aren't flying off the shelf, I would I would cut the price and look at bringing cash in house. Right. If you've got plenty of cash, if you've got millions of bucks in the bank and you can weather this, you don't want to cut the price. You want to take some chance. Cool. But my suggestion is clean up your ship, do some price cuts. If, if deals aren't moving, get the deals out the door on the floor and get liquidity. Make sure you have some liquidity. That's the key okay. takeaway. And he said ship, yeah. not anything yeah. else. Ship. Listen, we can talk about this stuff till we're blue in the face, but the people that have liquidity right now, they're the people that are going to make it through this and they're the people that are going to dominate on the other side. That might mean 
that might mean you forego some opportunity right now, but in exchange for possibly foregoing opportunity, you've got a steady ship with liquidity. And when the, when the, when the thing gets back on track, you are prepared to move, to move forward. Okay. Um, one of the other things I would suggest you do is that you've got to have a constant pulse and constant communication with your buyers and your lenders right now. I mean, I would be talking to them every other day. Where are they at? What are they doing? Who are your top players? Right? Who are the ones that are like, hey, I was buying, I was buying all those deals from you and, and I was going to rehab them and now the, the funds have dried up, but you might have a couple of buyers who have millions of dollars in the bank and they don't need to take a loan, right? Um, so, and again, I'm speaking to this, that's from a wholesale perspective. A lot of my clients are, they generate their own leads. They wholesale some deals, they rehab some, they keep them in portfolio. They're, most of them are hybrid investors. So I'm just trying to explain this the best that I can. It's going to be different for everybody. Okay. So bottom line is cost management. Take a hard look at all your spending, um, a hard look at all your spending and figure out if there's any way you can uh create receivables accelerate receivables or get money in the door okay um one of the other things i wanted to talk about earlier because we went through that kind of that idea about force ranking employees is if you have a team that you think might be open to uh a possible restructure of pay in the short term if you don't want to let anybody go, that's also another alternative, right? Like maybe everybody, including you as the owner, maybe everybody's got to take a cut, but you keep your team together um, and then you're ready on the other side. So if you got a strong culture right now, you have an opportunity to, you probably, like I, I think my team would do that with me, right? As long as I, the captain, the captain takes the first cut, right? As long as I let them know, hey, I'm taking a cut. And if, if we all have to, we can make it through this. Are you guys on board? That may be a discussion you have versus just, you know, deciding to to, to possibly let go of an employee. So um, let's see. We've kind of uh, talked about a lot of this stuff here. Maybe go back to and renegotiate um, with if you have, you know, a perfect example. I'm looking at all my services from a CPA perspective, from the, the, the programmers that build my uh, CRMs to you name it. Hey, I'm paying you $1,500 a month on retainer for the next three months. Can we do 1300 bucks uh, until this passes over? Everybody's trying to manage cash. I know I'm trying to take from you, but you know, it all rolls downhill. Okay. Um, stay abreast of, of all the federal and state programs right now. Every, you know, speaking of, um, I think Don, help me out. Did, did Watson just do uh, a breakdown of the care, uh, the care act and the pay, paycheck protection program? We did that yesterday. We did a, an hour and a half call with uh, over a thousand questions were asked on that call. So, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would encourage you to stay abreast of that. Um, there's 300 and approximately $350 billion that's going to be put on the streets. The reality of it is, is that if you haven't scheduled your appointment yet uh, to, to talk to the SBA, SBA lender on that, you, it might be too late. I mean, like $350 billion is not going to go far. However, the good news is, is they're probably going to come out with more stimulus. You just need to be quick. It's the best way I can tell you, right? Um, so stay in touch with, with Watson um, as he continues. This thing is unraveling before our eyes. They're coming out with the underwriting guidelines. What Watson talked about yesterday, uh, there's probably already been some changes. I'm doing a webinar tomorrow at uh, 
uh, I think it's at one o'clock, uh, you know, we'll do it. And then next week there'll be additional changes. So it's, that's something you want to stay in touch, stay on top of. It's not just, okay, yeah, I know about that. No, yeah. stay on top of it because it's changing. It's changing rapidly. A couple okay? things, I, I, a couple things, Jason, on that. Um, I mentioned this at the beginning of the call, but a lot of people join later. So on investorshift.com, the featured article, if you click on that, the application was actually released last night. Get that in today. I mean, call your banker now, like hit pause on this, on this video if you haven't done it and you qualify and you do all those things. Uh, you have to get in line immediately to Jason's point. Don, can you see my teamwork? screen no it's how to prepare for the next 90 120 days but i i have okay. a big lag so again okay. investor shift s-h-i-f-t.com uh and it's the featured article and okay call, cool one more quick commercial on that on the bottom right hand side of that page is our video from yesterday uh highly attended uh and really well received so Go ahead. okay one of the last bullets here is communication, right? If you're running a business right now, you, you have got to communicate frequently. Like if you don't have a cadence, if you don't have a meeting cadence in your business, you must establish one. If you had one, it might need to have an, it might be a little bit more frequently. And it's not just about adapting to what's going on. It's that your employee, if you're a leader, your employees want to know what's going on and they want to feel a sense of certainty and they want to see you. If you're stressed, they're stressed. If you're cool, they're cool. So you, you need to be communicating very regularly with your employees, right? Like I miss my, my girls. I got to cut my Bailey and Jessica that work with me. Like I see them almost every day at the office. Like I miss them. And if you don't communicate with them, um, even though you have no intention of, 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 of it being translated that way, they're going to feel unappreciated. So establish communication, use these video conferencing tools, Zoom, go to webinar. And if you already have a cadence, I encourage you to uh, increase it, right? Because things are just changing quickly. Okay. I would encourage you to do the same thing with your family. Um, I had a discussion with my wife last night and it's like i've been off for the last couple of weeks i've probably worked harder than i have in 10 years um because like we talked about earlier you're, you're making sure the boat is stable you're making sure it's not taking on water right and so i've been working more and then my you know so i'm i'm over here working my wife has now become a homeschooling teacher so and it, you know and, and basically a short order cook because she's got a, you know three meals for my little girl three meals for me and before she didn't have to do that i'd be down at the office eating lunch or i'd have food made for me and i'd just pull it out and heat it up for dinner like it's everything's different and so i would encourage you not just from a business perspective but if you're an entrepreneur running a business probably you as well as your spouse has additional stress on them right now and you need to know that you respect each other's position because if you're not careful you can create an environment where you're both kind of walking around the house fussy with each other and last night I just kind of tapped on my wife. We were, you know, laying in the bed. And I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? She's like, yeah. And I just said, I, would, I just want to explain to you that I know it, it seems like I'm working a lot right now, but I want to help you understand. I'm, trying, I'm making sure our ship is stable. I'm making sure our family's protected. I don't want you to feel like I'm working because I don't want to spend time with you guys. Like I'm just, everything's changing and I got to stay on top of it. 
until we figure out what direction this whole virus thing is going. And I just need your support through that. And she explained to me like, okay, well, when you see me a little fussy or stressed out, it's because, you know, I'm not a teacher. And I mean, every parent is a teacher, but you get what I'm saying, right? We're basically homeschooling our child and she's cooking all the time. And she like, it's been disruptive. And so make sure you communicate with your spouse and have a respect for the additional burden and responsibility that each of you is carrying. And that'll make a big difference on, on, on your relationship. It's wonderful um, advice. And the reason I'm sitting outside right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't really overly relative. Let me see. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, like if you rehab and checking with your suppliers constantly, making sure that your supply chain isn't getting interrupted, communicate with your customers. I'm living on the phone right now with my customers and it's kind of cool. Really. It's, I enjoy talking to them. Right. And I enjoy being a powerful force and and giving them, you know, a, a, a shining light during this time, quite honestly. Um, let's see. I'm not going to beat this to death, Don, as far as planning for how to work remotely. If you haven't figured that out within the last three weeks, it's, it's probably uh, probably a, a done deal. Um, so I'm going to go back to let's go back to our cams if we can, brother. And uh, I'm going to stop sharing my slide deck. I got a bunch of more stuff to cover if you want, or we can answer some questions. I got like some real practical in the trenches stuff. That was really like a high level overview. Let's do this. Um, let's do the practical stuff in two formats. One for a brand new investor. We have, the, I'd say the majority of the questions I'm looking at them come through here. Brand new investor, what do they do right now? And maybe it's learning. So I, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, and then and then let's take it from the more experienced investor after that. Is that cool? Okay. So let me ask you a question. Does our brand new investor have any money? No money? Like what what do we got to, what do we got to work with here, baby? Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's assume that they have no money and they're relying on private lending and they need to establish a relationship with a private lender and get their business going. And so it's a loaded question, I know, especially with the instability and all the things that we talked about earlier. So what would you recommend for that person doing sitting at home right now and they're they're ready to go and this thing got in the way and mm -hmm. what do they do? Yeah, so normally a new investor wants to go out and find a deal. I think you need to start on the opposite side of the equation right now. You need to find a buyer first, okay? Because if you go out and find the deal and you don't have access to money and you don't have access to buyer, what are you going to do with it, right? And so and we'll, we'll actually cover an approach if you choose to go that way of, of, of what you can do. So I would suggest finding buyers first, right? If you don't have any money, I would go, I would think through a, a couple of ways to do that, right? First, I, what's that? Sorry, before you, before you go on to that, when you say buyers, are you talking about rehabbers or are you talking about retail buyers? Okay, so see, that's the thing. There could be people that just want to wholesale in here. There could be people that want to find a deal in rehab, right? Like you got to give me a box to play in to give you a... a, a Man, we have... 750 people on this call right now. We've got them all. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, give me one. Give me one so I can. Okay. Let's do somebody a wholesaler. I think most okay. people start off as a wholesaler. They they want to find that rehabber in town that can actually close on the property and, and get their deal done and, and sell it to an end buyer. Okay, perfect. That's easy, all right? If you're a brand new wholesaler, what I would suggest doing is starting out finding buyers. And there, I almost want to think, Don, that you guys have, you have buyer data in RealFlow, right? Like a buyer data lead pipe? That's called a softball. And I'm just going to knock it out of the park here. Yeah, so. let, let, me throw, let me throw that thing to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, so in RealFlow, we give you all of the other RealFlow users and then their buyers that they have. But typically, those other RealFlow users that you see in Power Matching, uh, those are your rehabbers. Those are your buyers, not necessarily all of their other buyers, right? So you want to reach mm -hmm. out to that investor and say, hey, I'm looking to find properties for you. What are you looking for? So that's a, one great way to start. And then in lead pipes, we have our cash buyers. And that's another way where those are outside of our community and you can go and start a postcard campaign, do a skip trace, pick up the phone, yeah. call those guys, ask them what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, like if I, would, if I had no money, I would probably take that data set I would find the cash buyers and, and go look them up on social media or run a search on them, figure out what business they own, you know, plug their name into like the, the like here in Florida, we have sunbiz.org, right? Work backwards, take the data you got, work backwards to find some contact information and reach out to them, whether it's on social media or you find their business name and contact info. And I would encourage you to shoot it straight, right? Some people say fake it till you make it. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 no, I would just say, listen, I'm hungry, I'm aggressive, I'm new to the business, and if you tell me what you want, I'm going to go find it, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's what I would do is I would want to start at the back end of the equation, have some conversations with some buyers that have the ability to close on a deal if, they, if you find it, <clears throat> and then go find it. If you okay. start at the other side and you go find the deal, what I would do is probably call, if you've got a deal that you know is good, once you find it, then I would call all the, find out who all the other wholesalers are in town, which if you want to find who they are, you can just go into your town and type like Cincinnati, sell my house fast. And the, 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 the people that come up there uh, are more than likely going to be, uh, so several of them will be wholesalers. You can reach out to them, tell them you got a deal and they're going to have in buyers that they've been working with. And then you guys can maybe chop up a deal or split it. So those are probably the approaches I would take if I was new. And I know the next question is, okay, well, that's cool, but how do I actually find the deal? Well, actually, let me let me ask you a different question. So you're, right. you're brand new, you have no funding. How would you, if you're starting off right now in this in this economy and in, in this what we're dealing with right now, how do you reach out to private lenders? What's your messaging there? No, no easy questions, by the way, Jason. Yeah, well, my initial response is don't. My initial <laughs> response is start out wholesaling, right? Start, that's my initial response is don't. Start out wholesaling. If I don't you disagree. Are, yeah, if you're dead set on rehabbing a property, which you are going to need capital for, um, the, the best way to, first of all, a lot of those people that are cash buyers also lend money, right? You might, they might be two for ones. The other thing that I would do is um, I would find 
if you can go do that Google search I just told you about, sell my house fast Cincinnati, right? Find some of those companies, okay? Put them in like Wikicorp or something like that to figure out who the registered agent is. A lot of, most of the time it's the owner, maybe 80% of the time, sometimes it's not. But, and then what I would do is I would figure out, I would take that entity name, okay? And I would put it in county records. And, and I can't explain exactly how to do it because every county's infrastructure is a little bit different. But you could put that entity name, pull up all the transactions that that entity has done. And if they've taken debt on them, there's typically going to be a note and a mortgage attached to it. And you can figure out who did their note and mortgage. And you'll be able to identify typically if they're private lenders or some big, some big entity. Yeah. And then once you identify who it is, then you got to kind of, again, work backwards to, to reach out to that individual. But that's yeah. the, like, if you strap down with zero bucks. Yeah. And, and I would recommend too, on top of that is partnering with that private lender. So, uh, you know, we have you, a yeah. private lending course in RealFlow too, that we've unlocked. We gave all, by the way, Jason, we gave all of our courses away for free with this COVID situation. So you've got plenty of time at home to study. So, uh, so we take you through that entire process. Uh, Jason, anything else you want to cover? And then we can get into maybe some specific questions. I, I want to. I'm going to, I'm going to rip through this real quick. This is for you more yep. experienced folks, right? Good. Yes. Thank right you. Right now from a, from a marketing perspective, if you're, you know, if you're somebody mailing 50,000 postcards a, a, a week and you know, you're on the television and you really got to think about how to optimize your marketing because it's going to get easier. Your your best marketing right now, you already own it. If you've been generating 600 leads a month for five years, I would I would really take a hard look at your spend, optimize your spend, which probably means cutting it, putting your focus on your database because their motivation has changed. Their motivation has changed. You've already spent the money. Now use cheap and effective ways of, of reaching out to them. Ringless voicemail, texting, outbound dialing, right? And then I would take some of the monies where you you can, since you, if you're not going to have as much of a spend in marketing because you're going to attack your database, take some of the money you're saving and go out and, and use their data and market to, like I said earlier, easier to buy, harder to sell buyers are the new currency. And if you've just been like cruising on easy street because there's buyers everywhere. And as soon as you put a house out either on the market retail or on the market from a wholesale perspective and it just gets snatched up, that's going to change in the short term. So your new, your new gold is buyers. And I would encourage you um, to shift some of your marketing over to finding buyers, you know, yeah, good. Great yeah, advice. So that's uh, that's number one. Um, how are you changing your messaging? You really need to think about how you're changing your messaging if you have to buy over the phone. What changes are you making to your website so your customers can see this person can buy my house regardless if they can't come over? Um, how are you communicating with other lead sources right now? How are, how are you going out and telling people that you I'm still buying? Right. Uh, uh, you could reach out to a database of agents and let them know, like, listen, if you've got listings right now that you can't get sold or I'm here right every deal that was pending in the MLS that comes off pending right set up a trigger in MLS that in your buy box you're notified of when those deals they were pending and then they went back on the market 
right? Some cheap, inexpensive ways to get deals right now. Um, you need to think about how you're changing your sales process. I would encourage you, if you can't have human touch, how do you make your process more humanized, okay? I, I, would, I would be looking at my customer cycle and all of the thresholds throughout the cycle as far as the lead came in, they talked to my lead manager, an appointment was set, uh, the appointment was handled. Like break out your milestones and figure out how do you establish trust and enforce the fact that the buyer's making or the seller's making the right decision. I, if I, I would, I would, I would, I would really put an emphasis on integrating text into my funnel right now, right? Like as soon as like if my lead manager took the call and set the appointment, as soon as they triggered that in the CRM, I would have a text with a video that went out to the client that just said, you know, hey. This is Bob Peters over at 123, you know, Main Street Real Estate. Super excited about helping you through this challenging time. You know, sounds like you're going to be having a meeting with, you know, our sales team in the next three days. Please know that they're going to take good care of you and they're going to service you right now. Humanize your sales process as much as possible. Have your sales calls on, the, on what we're doing right now, Zoom or go to webinar, and then humanize with video as much as you can your 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 Identify your thresholds and how can you inject video into those, into that equation, right? Um, how are you adjusting your buy box? You really need to think about that. Values are going to change. They're going to change quick. You know, again, if you're in, if you're in Philly that just went into lockdown, values are going to change. If you're in you know, Columbus and it hasn't hit there yet, Maybe it hadn't happened yet. The bottom line is you're thinking about where the puck's going, not where it's at. You need to buy deep if you're going to be buying right now, right? Um, you need to be able to convey those adjustments to the homeowner. We talked about the gap earlier. Sometimes the gap takes longer because the homeowner can't quite come to grips with what's happened to the value of their home. If they don't come to grips, you can't buy it. So you need to be able to explain your messaging, right? Um, dispositions is, that's what we talked about. Buyers are key. What are you doing to keep your buyers engaged? How are you communicating with them? Um, are you calling all of them and saying, where are you at? Are you still capable of buying or, or, or the lending source you had? Are they gone out of bit? Like, where are you at? Okay, I called 10 buyers that were buying from me. Seven of them are done and three of them got a bazillion dollars in cash. And I'm, those, are my, those are my peeps right now, that's, right? That's been a common theme. All this whole presentation is over communicate with everyone. So yes, sorry. yes. Yes, relationships, they matter. Um, you know, and capital, you need to be on the hunt right now. You need to be raising private money because the, the Wall Street secondary market that's been fueling uh, all this growth, they, 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 they're, they, I don't know, they may come back, but right now they, 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 they got both feet on the brakes, okay? Um, I think that's, I don't wanna overwhelm folks yeah man, no, that was that was a quick hit right there i like that yeah there's a bunch of other stuff like if you have rentals but it's a, it's it's you know what policies are you implementing from a renter's perspective what paperwork do they have to fill out in order to what stance are you taking right like and don i'm going to take a shameless plug here very yes, quickly but all of the things that i just share with you i share with you things you need to deal with but in our organization, that screenshot I just showed you with all those people on that, that Zoom call, there's five pages deep, 100 plus of our members. And, and again, flip 20,000 plus properties. They don't have to figure all this stuff out because one of them figures it out and shares it with everyone else. And then they've got an answer for one of these other questions and they just give it to everyone else, right? So 
if, if you're a high caliber investor that is is looking to to stay in front of this thing, um, I encourage you to check us out at the Collective Genius. We'll talk about that later. But you want to answer some questions, brother? Yeah, I've actually been trying to go through these. I'll tell you what, so we've had a, a ton of stuff come through. If you had a question and you already put it in and you think it's relevant right now and we haven't answered it, and it's not too specific, like a deal specific question, because I think there's a lot of variables in those, then re-put those in right now. And we'll, we'll go through a couple of those. And if I don't get to your question, I'll, I'll email you an answer. Is that cool? Because uh, we still have quite a few people on here. Uh, so I've got one here that was a little deal specific, but uh, let me see here. Uh, this came from Laura. What if you're about to finish a flip and the market is low? Do you think that she should sell at a lower price or refinance and make a, a rental short term until the market kicks back up? And I, again, these are deal specific questions. I think there's a lot yeah. of variables here. Yeah, there are a lot of variables. But my suggestion is, is I would get I would get your liquidity back in the house, right? If you do a refinance, um, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, do, do you got all your own cash into it? Or do you got are you refinancing existing debt, right? Like, there's a ton of questions I would have. I wish we could pull people up on the screen, but and and if you if you already have debt on it and you want to refinance it for a longer term. That money's super hard to find right now. If you are going to find it, it's probably going to be at your local like community bank type of structure. Um, if your money's in it, and again, what's most important right now is cash. And I would encourage, and you may, and maybe again, the situation could be different. You might have 10 million bucks and ask me about your first flip because you just got started dabbling with it. Difficult to answer, but um, I'm going to assume my, my default right now is get the deal out the door on the floor. If you got to take a haircut to get it sold, but you, but you preserve your principal, right? Okay. That's what we, that's what smart people do right now. We pre preserve principal. Yep. Good. I, uh, so we have a property that is listed for sale. Just finished the rehab. Should I try to refi now with the lower interest rate or stay put and sell again? A lot of questions, but any uh, any advice there on refi? If you can, brand if you can new? sell it, if you can sell it, I would sell it. You know, get liquid, right? Uh, if you can sell it, I would sell it. Yeah. And again, I stress to you guys, very do. I would have if if I was if if whoever had that question was up on the screen right now, I'd ask you ten questions before I give you the, the answer. It's difficult uh, without knowing some details. Yep, absolutely. Nakia, we go to the private lender. So a lot of people are stuck on private lending. I see a bunch of questions in here. We have a whole course. I, I think getting into those details uh, right here is going to take us a long time. Um, you mentioned to draw lines of credit. Does this include HELOCs? Yes. Or do, I would say yes. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. I, I would say yes, but I would also encourage you, you, you need to be responsible. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm the aggressive one. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, oh, just go pull your just drain your HELOC, right? Like well, well you need to be Yeah, let go me ahead. let me just add to why I said yes. So 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 I have a, a HELOC that I could pull out of this house and I am just to have that money, just to have that cash, just in case they don't go and readjust my HELOC and take it away from me. So I've got a big a, a decent bank account right there. I can pull from, pay my prime you know and and that's worth it for me to have that little well, sense of comfort. Here's, a, 
here's a perfect example. Say that you look at your expenses and you're like, I've got two months of expenses to take care of my family, but I got a quarter million dollars worth of equity in the house that's got a line against it. Like, what's a payment on a quarter million dollars in interest only at a dirt cheap rate? It's worth that insurance because Don is right. The reason he said before they shut it down is because in 2008, if you right. had a, one of two things happened. If you had an equity line that wasn't tapped, done, shut it down. If you had one that had a balance on it, say you owed 70 grand on a 150 grand HELOC, kept. Right. You, you got to pay the 70 grand back. You can't take $70,000 and $1. Can't, can't draw on it anymore. So that's why he made that reference is because in the last, you know, crap show we had, that's what happened. And so that's why you, we encourage you to take those lines. Um, I'd even go as far as bringing caution from the perspective. If the line you have is with the same bank, you keep your money in. Um, there's probably covenants that say, um, if you pull that line and they shut it down and you've got liquidity in the bank that they can grab it to pay it, I, I would I would consider possibly shifting the money. Yep. Again, I'm not encouraging irresponsible behaviors. This is just about being calculated to be able to protect your business, protect your family. I'm not encouraging anyone to go and like screw the bank. I don't want this to be misinterpreted in any way. This is really about giving yourself enough oxygen. If you've ever seen a movie where like pilots are in the oxygen chamber and they're stress testing how long they can run without oxygen, right? That's what we're talking about. How long can you run without oxygen? And if you don't have much oxygen, but you know there's another tank right over there that can give you a little extra oxygen, that's what the HELOC, that's what the line of credit is, whether it's a business line of credit or home. home equity. Yep. <laughs> What about these renters that just can't pay, Jason? We talked a little bit about this uh, on our two calls that we had, but just they just can't pay. Uh, before you answer, my quick answer is educate your renter. Get them involved in these government programs. So you need to be that leader to your renters. So Jason, yeah. what's your take? Yeah, uh, it's a challenging situation because like that's the one thing that people think when if things get dicey, they can count on, right? Well, I got my cash flow. If my if if my income gets hit or I lose my job, I've got some rentals. And with all this, with people losing their job, that now that stability of, of rent and cash flow is even a question. Right. So uh, I agree with Don. I think that you need to communicate with them. They need to understand their options. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a tough you know, I think you need to, I think in times like these, you need to figure out who you are, what you stand for and what you stand against. And you kind of almost have to take a policy. You need to be aware of what the rules are, but you also kind of need to take a, a where do you stand, right? Like, hey folks, I know you ain't paying rent. I'm going to go try and get my mortgage, my, my debt service stretched out, blah, blah, blah. We'll get back on track or, hey, we're going to give you the next three months of reprieve. We're going to break those three months over the remaining portion of your lease. So you don't have to pay all back. Like you got to figure out where you stand, right? Yeah. What do you, what, what do you, what, where are you going to stand? Um, and, and again, I don't I hate to default to this, but uh, I'm invested in syndications, a lot of multifamily syndications. And I fully anticipate the rental income that I received to get, I, I expect half, half of it over the coming months, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. J Jason, why don't you talk a little bit about Collective Genius and, and how people can learn more about that and, and get sure. involved if that's of interest to them. 
again, sure. I, I, before you even get into that, I just want to say that we are not a pitch thing on investorshift.com, but I, no. I'm part of Collective Genius. It is an incredible, incredible group. It's been life-changing to be very honest with you. Uh, me personally, I'm getting like gooseies right now thinking about it. Just the people that go up and talk like it's, I've never cried so much in my life at those things. So, uh, so go ahead, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, well, I mean, and here's the thing, you don't have to worry about us pitching you because we actually have a screening process. We're a very selective organization. Um, we're typically dealing with a, a, a more established investor who's done, who's doing at least 50 deals a year or, or at least has a, a 50 unit rental portfolio. So, uh, if you have an interest in our organization, you can go to learnmoreaboutcg.com. You can schedule, uh, learn a little bit more about this video there, and you can schedule a strategy session and get on the phone with our team. We're not going to pitch you. We're going to identify what your challenge, what are you good at, what do you need help with, because um, we're going to be looking at like what value can you bring to the organization, and what value can we bring to you. And if there's a if there's a fit there, cool. And if there's not, that's okay. There's no. We invite people to to come and check our organization out. We do not sell people. Okay, we don't sell memberships. We invite folks to, are we a good fit? And if the, if the answer is yes, you come check us out. Um, and after you kind of, we test drive you and you test drive us, then if there's a fit, only at that point is membership considered. But let me tell you a, a little bit about what it is. It is, it is a, a high level group. Like I said, we have about 140 members that flip north of about 20,000 homes a year. Uh, I, I don't even know the count right now as far as how many rentals, rental doors they have, but it's, it's, it's pretty staggering. I mean, I can think of two members right now between the two of them have 5,000 doors, right? So um, we, we also have a, in addition to, if you're at playing at a higher level, a lot of times you have a second in command or like a COO or an integrator. We have monthly mastermind calls for the top integrators and COOs in the country where you've got these ideas and then they have to be implemented. We've got a mastermind inside of our mastermind for our integrators that go implement those ideas. Um, we do, so we do monthly masterminds for your integrators, your COOs. We have monthly training calls. For example, Don's come on and, and trained before uh, about real flow. Um, we have a Facebook group that is hopping. I mean, the amount of stuff, just like right now, people are in reactionary mode and you go on there, you're like, what do I do with renters? I need a document for this, a document for that. And then you get somebody like a Mark Delatour that just, boom, drops all their docs on there and just saves you 12 hours of your life, you know, or people on there are sharing, like, how are you adjusting your sales process with not being able to go to the cell? Like, oh, boom, here's our new process. Here it is on a piece of paper laid out. Here's our, here's the, here's the flow chart from um, Lucid Charts that how our process, what it looked like before, what it looks like now, just boom, everybody's giving everybody everything, right? And so um, that's, you know, we are, I'd like to think we're a world-class organization. We take care of our customers. We've got a great culture outside of all the stuff I just told you about. We have got a great culture driven around community and go-giving. Um, you know, we're not just a business of, of about prosperity. We do a lot of cool things. We have a, a group, a side of our organization called the Generous Genius. Um, you know, we we have sent and built 11,000 wheelchairs in uh, Jamaica. This year we built homes in Mexico. We, we provided the money, flew to Mexico with, and all our members do it. They take their kids, you know, an opportunity to lead by example. So we, we just, we got a cool culture. Something I'm super, uh, <laughs> Talking about it makes me realize, like I'm. I know I'm, it. You, yeah. you uh, it's incredible what what you guys have put together because they, they literally fly down into Mexico and it's Central America and and 
to see how these people are living and just the little things again like my hairs are standing straight up it's it's an incredible experience and um the give back is just incredible so Jason, I, your yeah. organization is it's culture. Will you talk about your mission statement? Because I think that just encapsulates everything. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, our, our mission is not only to help you build a, a wildly successful business, but it is also to help you protect that business and do both of those things while placing family first. Um, if, again, if you want to uh, that site I just told you about, learn more about CG, that doesn't have our mission statement. If you want to visit our homepage, it's just www.thecollectivegenius.com. I would encourage you to go there for a couple reasons, whether or not, you know, regard, not, not, not to join the mastermind, but I think right now, like if you want to have a, a real business and you want to lead your team and you want to create a, a, a synergistic environment, if you don't have a mission, a vision statement, core values, and, and like a strategic set of, of objectives that your, your company has outlined, put in writing that you you can go back to when you're making tough decisions um that that's a great exercise to do right now because in times like these you need to know who you are what you stand for what you stand against and if you're curious about if you want an example of that go to our site on the first page there's the mission division and there's a little button right underneath there that says what we stand for and that'll take you to another page that just talks about everything the collective genius is committed to and it'll give you some ideas of it's it's when you do that with your team it creates an incredible bonding moment right because you, you you don't do it as the leader the or the owner or the ceo the founder you do it together you create those things together and now versus just having a business where you say go over there and sit in that chair be quiet don't ask me any questions and make me money when you go through those exercises now you have an organization right you got, you got something people are a part of. You have a community. So I encourage you, uh, all collective genius aside, like go, go look at that. Because if you haven't done that with your team, um, it's hard. I ain't going to sit here and tell you it's not. To put what you want to accomplish down in, in some core sentences and what you stand for, what you stand against, it's, it's, it, it might, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough exercise. But, man, when you get to the other side of it, you're, you're in a different world. You're different. That's, that's what visionary leaders do. They go through that process, right? Because that's what enables you to bring talent into your organization. Because when they come in and they're interviewing, you can say, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is what we stand against. And if this stuff doesn't resonate with you, we're probably not a good fit. And if it does, welcome aboard. All right. Well said. Well said. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've gone over an hour and a half, so let's cut it off there. Uh, any other questions, I'll try to answer via email, but I think we got through most of them. So, uh, Jason, really, really appreciate the time today, brother. It's always good yeah. seeing your face. Yeah, I dig it. We we're, we're actually will not see each other in June. We're, we are making, we're moving our, we, uh, our hotel our, for our June meetings under force, force majeure. And so we're going to be having our first digital virtual mastermind at the collective genius but i'm excited about it it's a little it's change you know we gotta we gotta make it happen that's just all there is to it so well uh, it, it, i'm excited it, about that yeah it, it can't get any rougher than this call was at the beginning so yeah. <laughs> with all of our tech issues <laughs> but we persevered yeah. my friend we soldiered through right yeah hey everyone on the call thank you so much for the time and again uh that investor shift s-h-i-f-t dot com 
is really that go-to resource. So I highly, highly recommend that you do that. The recording of this call will be on that site too in a day or two. So uh, we're gonna house everything there for you guys and that's a free resource for everyone. So uh, thanks again, Jason. Thank you for the opportunity, sir. Awesome, 500 to 700 people on here the whole time. That was, that's killer, right? So I just wanna wish, every, it was a pleasure to serve everybody. I just wanna wish everybody mad props, success, Godspeed. Go out, get up every day, put a fence around your mind, put a fence around your body, take care of you during this time, warrior up and go get it. Love it. Thanks guys, bye-bye. Welcome back everyone. Wow, that was some powerful information and some great knowledge bombs that Don and Jason just dropped on us. Don't forget to check us out on investorshift.com. This is an amazing real flow publication to help investors navigate during these crazy times and it's absolutely free. Nothing to buy there. Just go there on investorshift.com and it's going to help you get through all this stuff. So go to investorshift.com and don't forget, if you like this content, subscribe, leave a review, stay safe out there, my friends, and we will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by RealFlow, the smart way to invest in real estate. All the tools you need to automate lead generation and marketing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe.